What is going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 41 of the Main Stand Podcast. I'm Mitchell. I'm here with Josh and Pat. Our first episode post-Premier League season. We had a hell of a championship Sunday. Lots of ups and downs. A lot of emotions. But uh, it looks like uh, the the blue man has some has some silverware now. The one trophy we could win, we did it. Uh, thought we were gonna lose it. Not gonna lie, Dad I was very very prepared to come on this episode today and have three trophies in I and the other two, in the other two windows here. But uh, shout out Ilkay Ilkay Gundogan. Shout out Guardiola. His three substitutions changed the game. Shout out Zinchenko. Shout out everybody on Manchester City and yeah, what a fucking day, dude. I was on cloud nine when that third goal went in. That was one of the craziest five minutes ever. Um, fitting that City win 3-2 to win the title on the last day of the season against the team in red on the 10-year anniversary of 93-20. Yeah. It was written in the stars. Any any thoughts on the, the final day, Mitch? Uh, just a fucking roller coaster, honestly. Uh, going into it, it definitely had a, a, a buzz. And then uh, I think the, just giving up a goal in three minutes just kind of killed every bit of happiness I had and I was like well that's that's been nice it's been real it's been fun uh sucks to to end the season three minutes into our final game uh but um no we battled back we did our job at the end of the day uh it was a very grindy testy game the fans were unbelievable um just to be that loud and that uh, that proud throughout and letting the players fight for something uh, on the last day was just really special, even yeah. though we didn't win it in, in the end. Yeah, and it's about the best you could really expect from that Villa side. Paul yep. Machen from Redmen TV put it really nicely, I thought, um, after we kind of let in that early goal. It's kind of like the best scenario for us, honestly, because I know that sounds crazy to say, but ultimately it let us focus on just winning the game and like the task at hand whereas if you remember when when city won the title in 1819 when uh was who was that on the last day pat brighton brighton when brighton Brighton scored early and then we actually were on top of the table and there was that feeling of we're gonna win this um we we just didn't really have that because we didn't score obviously the the goal to to go ahead until um what city had already came back by the time we scored that second goal so i mean in fa- i think in fairness in that season in particular it was like brighton scored and then the next trip down the pitch aguero equalized yeah but there was that split second of like oh we're gonna win the league where this year it was like i feel like we had like a little bit more of like we just have to get the job in front of us done um mm-hmm. it was a really tough game for liverpool we knew it was going to be against wolves or a hard side to break down uh, their defense played really well. Sala, I felt really bad for him because you could tell when he scored that goal, he thought he had won the league. Uh, then there's that dude in the stands that went like this. Yeah, he definitely did not know the score. 
I don't think that's as bad as everybody flipping out at, with the the rumor mill of villain. The fake three three. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yo, that guy. That killed me. That killed me. So funny. That fucking that dude's my hero. That uh. That hurt. That really <laughs> fucking hurt. That dude is my hero. I wasn't watching the city game. The only bit of the city game that I watched while everything was going on was the what fifteen seconds at the start of the second half before there before the Liverpool game kicked off again because they had like an extra added minute of time. Yeah. Um, yep. But. Yeah, you can't be no, was... if you're a Liverpool fan too, you can't be mad at Villa or Stevie for that. No. Uh, you have to expect that Man City can go out and grab any game they're in at any score line and they did just that and proved that they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world. Um and you have to as a Liverpool fan, you have to sit down and respect that and at the end of the day shake their hands cuz they they finished a point above us and we have to look at our own results and and draws early in the season of you know we kind of let that go, and uh, we have to just be better next season. A little bit more consistent, but at the end of the day, um, two of the best teams the Premier League has ever seen. Yeah, yeah it was a great season. Sorry to cut you off, Mitch. Yeah, it was no, an we, unbelievable season. We uh, we cl- very clearly make each other better, and it sucks because we've now lo- we've lost two trophies on two total points, uh, Premier League trophies. Um, so. It uh, it is a little bit of a kick in the gut at the end of the day, being so good yet so far from the top of the conversation just based on a number. Um, but something we have to look forward to is uh, one more game, and City can't say the same for that. So, yep, you're right because uh, you know we came back from two goals down once, we didn't do it twice. Thoughts on Jack Grealish's celebrations, Pat? Nah, <laughs> dude, he fully, quite a bit fully of brought the, that that he repaid his hundred million with the fucking parade, man. Oh my god, he has well and truly brought the vibes to City. Next season, he gets twenty GA. This season was all about the vibes. Already in Ibiza. I love him, dude. Oh my god. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a video of him and Bernardo, uh, like celebrating after. And it was him. It was like on video, and he hits him and Bernardo, and he's like, "Bernardo, do you know what the what the two, uh, actually the the three, you know, keys to success were for for us winning the title?" And he's and he's like, "What?" And Grealish goes, "Mares." He was playing like Almiron. That was Get so unnecessary. There. Just sending strays at Mickey. <laughs> and then he and then he goes and then he goes. You've been brilliant all season. You were off it yesterday. Gundogan on for you in the 70th minute. Get you off the pitch. And then Bernardo goes, that was the third one. Do you know what the third one was? And Grealish goes, what? And then Bernardo goes, keep Jack Grealish on the fucking bench. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. The only cringe video I had, the, the cringiest part of the whole parade, and it not even, I won't even get into the, the parade. But when they were asking Kyle Walker who could beat him one-on-one, and Jack Grealish, like, piped in saying, oh, that's why Pep brought me in. Uh, he was shit-faced. I yeah, was that like, was rough. Oh but that God. was fucking funny. He was so drunk. He got walked out on stage with a, a fucking <laughs> vodka Coke and a beer, and he was just like, 
<laughs> yeah, he walked out with a Jaeger bomb at one point. It's like, yeah. dude, he's just walking by the city players, and, like, the city players are looking at him like, dude, this guy is insane. <laughs> Jaeger like, bombs are fucking unbelievable. Sorry. A couple guys have a beer. <laughs> Grealish is on, like, his seventh drink. Do you have to imagine if he did not have a girlfriend, the contract Love Island would whip up for Jack Grealish to have him on for a season? Um, oh my God, has to <laughs> would be yeah. more than he a would city make contract. more. Yes, he would make loads more. Get like yeah, get, bring another extra Brinks truck full, please. Yeah, the the Gucci photo uh, shoot came out this week as well. So so that might have been Jack Grealish's biggest contribution. Um, to that city side this year being in the oh it absolutely was next season is when he gets to repay his money (laughs) enough with the grealish banter um yeah so you won the league any other points to touch on there pat no i mean shout out villa first and foremost too before you know before if i wanted to talk about city they put up a hell of a performance and they gave me a a scare uh they played really really well I thought their midfield was solid. I thought Coutinho had a good game. I thought Ollie Watkins was just causing problems for 90 minutes. Um, yeah, but, Jacob uh, Ramsey and Buendia are going to be a problem, too, for years yeah. to come. Um, I, I do think one thing to note, just in my, for me, um, Guardiola is a manager who kind of gets slated often for not using his substitutions or making weird substitutions. This was like the first game in a while where he made three substitutions that completely turned the game on his head and ended up winning us the game. So very Klopp like cool to see Pep actually use his substitutes. Um, yeah, it was uh, a very, a very good game from city. I likes the character for the fight back. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan has cemented himself as a, as a city legend after, you know, last, the last title and this one, uh, love him to death. Mr. Whippy. He's the man, yeah, a man made by Klopp and pillaged by Guardiola. Yeah, you say the same thing about you and Tiago, so relax. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, not to make this about Villa either, but I think that game pointed out some huge holes in that Villa defense. Tyrone Mings must be way down in the England pecking order. Um, and it's funny that Villa, like two days after the game, went out and bought, uh, spent big money to get Bubakar Kamara um, from Lagoon. So mm. props to them. They'll be fun. I, I definitely am looking forward to watching them next year. I think they'll finish in the top half of the table for sure for sure with that being said we can move on just to some some news for the midweek uh we're sitting here on wednesday night um conference league final just got over we don't have to touch on this for too long but roma lift their first ever major european trophy um and Mourinho goes five for five in major european finals adds another one to his book and of course he wins the inaugural conference league trophy I think it was written in the stars. We talked about this a, a little bit leading leading into the game, and uh, you know, once once the shit the focus kind of got shifted, we we saw Jose would be fighting to to finish out the trophy cabinet for sure. Yeah, it was it was a fun game. I sat here and you know kind of watched it in the background. It was a fun one. Roma are kind of a interesting side. They only had about forty forty five percent possession on the night. Um, but, you know, they take their chances. Pellegrini, great player. And Tammy Abraham, has, he didn't score, but uh, he's just been really good for Roma all season. be interesting to see if they keep him. Or I imagine some English clubs, maybe the likes of Arsenal and stuff, are probably kind of putting in some bids, maybe testing the market a little bit on him. 
be really funny seeing as he's a, a former Chelsea product. He it just is. went to Arsenal. Well, the storyline the storyline follows a, a trip over to Fiorentina, and then uh, then you come over to to Liverpool, and and, and you know that <laughs> I'll t- I'll take that, you know. So that the same as going from London to Rome to back to London. Yeah. Just like just like our our friend Mo Salah, you know. Lukaku went to Italy and came back to England as well. So, <laughs> um, with that being said, Mitch, we can stay on Italy. Why don't you give our listeners the finale of the Fiorentina forecast? Tell them how you did. Well, Fiorentina got the job done at the end of the day. You know, when when I ex- stop dancing, like the only thing the only thing you gained was. <laughs> not spending money uh so at the end of the day when i made made this take at the beginning of the season it was a little off the cuff i got a lot of shit for it and i said fiorentina would be fighting for top six all year they did just that they did just that they had an opportunity at the end of the at the end of the season to uh to take over six if Roma dropped points to Torino. They did not. Fiorentina, however, got the job done on the final day of the season, beating Juve to uh, to round out actually a really, really solid year for the Violas. So I'll, I'll take seventh place all day long. The boys in purple got it done. A lot of ups and downs for them over the year, losing Vlahovic uh, and to see him come on and then lose to Fiorentina on the last day of the year was something pretty great. Um a lot of ups and downs. I'm I'm glad I rolled with the with the Violas through the the Serie A competition this season. It's been a fun journey watching you become a fan of a very subpar Italian team. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been just funny being here for the experience. So I I've hope enjoyed it. that they do well. Predictions for uh, next, season, well next season Mitch. for you. Next season, I'm gonna say they they drop. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they they're gonna finish next year in tenth, preemptively. Because there's there's a lot of questions about players staying and leaving. There's going to a lot of, be a lot of shakeup, and I think there's going to be a lot more competition um, throughout the Serie A next year too. It's always going to be tight, but I just I think they drop a few uh, rungs down the ladder because they won't have Lavic to start the year. They don't they're not really linked with anybody crazy. There there's only departure questions. So we'll see what happens. We'll we'll reassess. Uh, on uh, season two of the main stand. I think this means that either Pat or I have to go out and pick like a a mid-table side to do really well in another country next year. Yes. With that being said, though. I'll be back at the the start of season two with a fucking obscenely bad Bundesliga team that I'm calling for the top six. Hertha Berlin. Um, Did they get relegated? Are they getting promoted? <laughs> I do think they got relegated. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, sure they got relegated. I'm pretty sure their fans like chased them through the streets last year. If, I, if I'm I, correct, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh, Norwich to win the championship next year. That's, oh yeah, they'll be back. Yeah, that's a that's a clear cut. Pookie will score like 35 goals. Um, with that being said, we'll we'll touch on uh, my betting performance throughout the year that's closed up besides the 
um, the treble parlay for this weekend for the UCL final. Um, overall, we went 97, 96, and 3. So right down the middle. Um, had a horrendous end of the season. We were up like as much as 17 units. Uh, had like 10% return on investment. And then the final like two months of the season happened where pretty much just lost every single pick I made. Um, so we ended the season up three units, still did not lose money, and we're going to grow from there. Uh, next year, I bet we will be up at least 10 units. The analytics department is, is, is going to get a boost in the budget for sure. Yeah, we need we need some sort of logistics the logistics got better. As the logistics got better, the picks got worse. So I think I just need yes. to go more off vibes again. <laughs> you start free balling, dude. Yeah, you just got all vibes. All vibes, no numbers. That's how you make the most money. Be- beginning of the year, I was on vibes, and the picks were on smoke, and the picks have cooled <laughs> off a little bit. But uh, that is how we concluded betting. Um, I think the only other major thing we have to talk about is the UCL final here. I'm is, not recovered you guys can yet. Go first. I'm definitely not recovered yet from Championship Sunday. Uh, Sunday. I just there's too many emotions. I I don't know if my heart can take another 90 minutes of of up and down now with nothing else in in the in the way except what is currently going on. Um, gearing up to be a very very exciting match. Uh, today we we heard that Fabinho was in training. Huge news out of the Liverpool training. camp. Full training. As Full well. training. Um, you know Mo got his goal on Championship Sunday. I think the boys are rested. I think the boys are excited, and I think now that we don't have the pressure of anything else going on as a club. Um, not just as fans, but as as a club going into this match. Now we have our 100% focus on the task at hand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know. There's a lot of historical omens kind of going into this game that are, I don't know, they're in too my many. head too much already. Too many. Too many. Uh, we've obviously we've lost our last four matches against Real Madrid, so not good recently. But we all know kind of the story there just haven't been good enough the last few times we've played them obviously the the 2018 final has its story that story's long gone you know allison's in net and looking as good as he ever has i'm not worried about that but um we also we can look back to 1981 liverpool you know beating madrid in paris alan kennedy uh being the unlikely hero on that night scoring the lone goal and then Ancelotti on the other side of the the touchline. Uh, obviously, he was involved in the miracle of Istanbul coaching Milan. So a, a lot of little historical bits in this game. Um, again, that I'm reading way too much into and that are getting way too in my head. Uh, on the field itself, great news that Fabinho is there. Um, Tiago supposedly had a, had a nice little workout today in the gym with one of Liverpool's head trainers. Um, it's going to be kind of a race, I think, to see him get back. It's a Achilles issue, so we'll, we'll see. Ultimately, I think it's kind of a cop-out to say this game will be won in the midfield because obviously that kind of rings true with all matches, but especially in this game, I think Madrid's midfield kind of ran through ours in that previous final. 
Um, I do think they're going to ride with Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro again and bring the young guys on afterwards. Probably see the likes of Rodrigo and Camavinga kind of later in the game. But if we can get Fabinho and Thiago in there, and they're at least 75-80%, I think Liverpool's midfield is so much better than it was four years ago, and I, I think that'll give us a good chance to win this game. I think on top of that, our defense has evolved so much, too. Yep. Uh, in the last few years, we've had Robbo develop. We've had Trent develop. We've had this really great partnership pair of, of Van Dyke and Matip emerge. And then having Kanate to add some speed and youthfulness. Uh, and and to put it quite frank, we, frankly, lack of fucks. He doesn't care who he's marking, who is running at him. He is kind of taking the piss out of them, and he has been doing that all year. Um, he has a mistake in him. I think that's just lack of, of um, you know, reps. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's young. young. He's very young. Uh, but I think our, our defense has evolved a lot, and I think having Trent in the position that he's in He's been putting in a lot of really, really great defensive work lately, and I don't think people are focusing a lot on it. I don't think it's been been brought up enough. Um, so I, I like I like where we are as a squad going in, and then and then our forwards um, have have evolved too um, from from that game. So yeah. there's a lot going into this. It's been a very long four years. A lot has changed. Um, for us, and I don't think enough has changed for Madrid in the in the sense that they still have that strong core. They still have pacey, youthful attackers and midfielders that can that can come on and really make a, a difference. Um, there's there's a lot going into it, and it's uh, I'm just I'm just, I'm more excited to have it over with at this point because <laughs> it's been such a fucking long season. Um, sixty what sixty three matches. Yeah, played this Crazy. year. It's it's a long year. You're you're spot on there, Mitch. And we don't have to dwell on you know the match for too too long here. But um, a lot of eyes are going to be on Trent Alexander Arnold in this game. A lot of eyes because him against Vinicius is he did get a little bit exposed in that quarterfinal uh, match last year. It that mm -hmm. is a, just a key match and arguably the most important in the game. Um, Trent cannot get caught sleeping because Real Madrid are clinical and Benzema only needs one. He only needs one shot on goal to make a difference, and that'll be big. I go with Matip in this game, just his experience. Uh, like you said, Kanate seems to have a little bit of a mistake in him. I think that's just a matter of being young. Um, so I'd like to see Matip in there, but this team has evolved so much. Um, I do kind of favor us on the night. Just I like the way we travel. We, we've been great in Europe this season. Um, and most importantly, I think these players are kind of spurred on by the fans as well. We, you know, we've won two trophies already. There was a little bit of heartbreak on Sunday, but at the same time, there was a sense of kind of bittersweet pride of like sending our boys off um, to Paris. And I think there's a sense of we want to win something and have an awesome parade and celebration because those Liverpudlians and fans like me and you, you know, all over the world deserve a proper celebration that we never got for the premier league. And I think that's going to spur us on here. I think, uh, Liverpool win. It'll be a celebration for the ages. Uh, 
my only other point kind of here is that I just kind of want to celebrate Jordan Henderson a bit. On Saturday, he's going to be the first ever Englishman to captain um, three different teams to three different finals um, in the Champions League. So that's a pretty impressive accomplishment as well, and I'd love to see Hendo get his hands on another Champions League um, trophy. That would surely make him one of the best English captains uh, of all time. Any thoughts on the Matt Patch? Pat? Yeah, I was about to ask if wow. I could give my two cents. Um, so, Trent is getting cooked by Vinicius. Benzema's dick is gigantic. I'm picking Madrid on the vibes. They have the juice this year. Sorry, fellas. I think you're fucking losing. Wow. Maybe I shouldn't have let him speak. <laughs> Madrid have the vibes in the last 10 minutes. They've, they haven't been very good. Uh, they just have the juice, bro. Like, come back against PSG. They let Chelsea in the game, and then they came back against them. Came back against us, bro. They just and it, we, it's just an aura around and them we this beat year the, in Champions, the Champions League. And we beat the Champions League finalists in two different finals this year. Two two. If you go to penalties against Madrid, they're not gonna miss. Oh, I don't. You, I don't you think went nil nil. Nil nil on penalties against a pretty but, not great Chelsea team is not the same as playing Madrid that's how, that's, in the Champions League. We still League won title. those games, like but, but you're, you're Madrid discredi- is scoring. You're Madrid is scoring. You're you're comparing Chelsea's attack to Madrid's. You're dis- Madrid is scoring. Okay. <laughs> I actually, they're scoring a goal. I, I okay, think Madrid so are will we. score a goal, but I think we score more. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think they've got the vibes. I think you guys are losing this game. Sala also has a massive chip on his shoulder, and I know I've had Sala to score in the last two treble parlays. Sala is marking his name on this game. We saw it in the Champions League final versus Spurs. He is on the biggest stage. He is a big-time player. Uh, I expect him to take over this game and put in a real performance. It's going to be a great game either way. I, I think Madrid, they're not going to like lie down and take it from us. That's by no means um, true, but I do think there's no way Liverpool loses final. Uh, we just have too much momentum. But, Madrid have too much juice. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> the I, I just, vibes, bro. You said, you we, said stop using games. analytics and start using vibes. Okay. We've, we've lost three games all season. Leicester, Inter, and West Ham. That I, vibes, bro. Vibes. It's the vibes. I, I think think Madrid have so, got it. So you're you're saying they have the juice, but we got the sauce. The the juice is temporary. The sauce lasts forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> Liverpool are winning this game. We'll uh, see. Liverpool are winning this game, and we are winning a treble this year. Treble parlay. Liverpool money line. Both teams to score. Solid to score. Plus four eighty. Book it. Are we ready for oh, awards, guys? Are we ready to lighten the mood a little bit? I think the award, the mood is always light, Josh. We gotta we gotta do a quick change for the awards. Yes, our host presenter, Mitchell. We 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 gotta we got we gotta get fancy for for awards. Also, Saul is saying today in his press conference he will be at Liverpool next year. That's nice news for us. Mane, maybe not though. 
<laughs> yeah, what? It... <laughs> I, I love Saudi, but absolutely no need to say that. That was uh, not good. No need. No need. Uh, well, well, everybody, welcome to the first annual Main Stand Awards show. Um, it's gonna only be Premier League because we're fucking lazy. Uh, <laughs> we got some. We got some fun awards for uh, for y'all. We got the regular ones. We got the not regular ones. We got a couple of fun ones in there, and then some other little little cool ones. Um, we can kick things right off. We'll do the we'll get the easy ones out of the way, and then we'll kind of tuck into the, the different more fun ones. Um, we'll do like round robin. You know, everybody gives their player of the year. If there's any, or you know, we'll, we're starting with player of the year, but everybody will give like their winner of the award. A little bit of discussion if there needs to be some, and if not, we'll just kind of mosey on through. So we'll start with uh, your Premier League Player of the Year. Um, I've, I've been raving about this guy. I've said he's my pick for a while. Um, well, with Allison, I think he's the only reason Liverpool were as close to City as they were in the stretch. I think Salah was really important at the beginning of the season. If we look at 38 games, and I think Allison Becker has absolutely been Liverpool's most instrumental player. I don't think there's one player that stood out for City so highly that I can call him player of the year. Um, the only one would be De Bruyne, but he's been big the last like 16. It's similar to the reason why I'm not picking Sala. Sala was really hot in the beginning, kind of fell off form. De Bruyne was injured, didn't play as much for City in the beginning of the season, picked up form down the stretch when it mattered. But I think if we look at consistency and what a player did over the course of 38 games, I think Allison has been the player of the year. I thought this was going to be cut and dry from you, Pat. I thought you were going Kevin De Bruyne all the way. I was not expecting Allison to be taken. I think it's Allison. I think Allison's the player of the year this year. I, I appreciate that pick, and I, I support it. I, I have my player of the year as Mo Salah. Uh, I agree with what you said. I do. His form definitely dropped. You can't argue that. But at the same time, to be at the top of the goal-scoring list and the top of the assist list at the end of the season um, – I think that averages out to, to player of the year for me still. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a fair enough show. Yeah. Mitch? Uh, for the same reason, um, Josh, I, I took Mo. Um, I just think what he, what he does for the club, um, both on and off the pitch, and what he has provided to the side, even when he is not producing just goals – I, I think I think the player of the year goes far beyond just goals and assists. I think it goes to somebody who really builds a team to do something better. And I think Mo Salah really kind of brings that aura with him. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm not arsed about any of the picks we, we took there. Young uh, player of the season next. Yeah, young player of the year. Um I have Bakayo Saka as my young young player of the year. I think if you look at this young, really young, exciting Arsenal core, Saka really stands out, and he really stood out this season. He kind of took that penalty miss in the Euro and improved on it. Um, I think he's been really good for Arsenal all year. Um, yeah, I, I just think there's not a player in his age bracket you can put in his position that would do as well as he did this season. I believe it was a he had 14 GA for that Arsenal team. Um, I thought he was great. I think he's only going to improve. I rate him really highly. Um, and yeah, I think it, it's between it's, it's like one a and one B is him and Trent. I think Foden kind of slides into the debate, but I don't think Foden has been like phenomenal this season just because he's been played 
you know, in so many different positions, he hasn't really had an opportunity to shine where I think he plays the best on the left. He's been kind of used as a false nine a lot. And while I don't think he's done a bad job, he hasn't been like young player of the year material for me. Is Trent eligible? Is he too old? I think he's the exact cutoff age. This is the last year he can be young player of the year. For me, like after you win young player of the year once, I feel like you should just be like eliminated. I mean, yeah, I agree, but. Uh, Do you think uh, Foden winning it in real life was a little weird? Uh, I think that those awards, I mean, so those ones are fan voted and then captain of each club voted, I believe is how that goes. So a little strange, but like, I guess I can see it to me. He's been the third best youngster in the league. Um, So I don't know. It's kind of a toss up in the air. I don't think he deserved it personally. Clearly you can see who I just gave my vote to. Yeah. Um, Mitch, do you have a different one? I, I had Trent just based on his production throughout the year and the improvement that he put on um, year over year. I think he's just been instrumental to our success throughout this season. Um, but I guess my runner up would be Connor Gallagher um, just because of the work ethic, the, the week in week out uh, grittiness that he gave Crystal Palace was phenomenal. He just shows a willingness to work and he wants to, to win the ball and, and do it consistently. And I think he, uh, he's a phenomenal young player. Yeah. I actually, my only issue with him and, and not, not knocking him. Is he yeah. like his production? He just, it feels like he fell off like just a tad yeah. in the last yeah, like, 15 sure. or so games of the season. For sure. But I, I just think just as a, as a day in day out person player, um, somebody that's at the club just deserve, mm-hmm. deserved that. Just yeah, from very good. Kind of leading by example. Mm-hmm. I actually had Connor Gallagher as my um, out and out winner here. I, I thought he really changed that palace side. Um, I think that FA Cup semifinal against Chelsea is a different game with him in it. Um, and it's definitely a little bit scary that he's going back to Chelsea. I think he is a very, very creative young midfielder. And form dips and stuff. So, you know, Bakayo's form dipped as well with Arsenal. There's games where he's inconsistent right. and don't, doesn't really touch the mm-hmm. ball. Um, but, yeah, I, Connor's been uh, magnificent. And he's done really well under Vieira as well. Almost makes you think yeah. that he would be a better fit kind of elsewhere i don't know how he really fits in at chelsea to be honest yeah i'm interested to see how tuchel uses him next year if he uses him at all or they don't just sell him uh he'd be an expensive player being an english creative midfielder uh, i don't know many teams could afford him truth um so i guess next up we got team of the season fellas how do you want to do this you want to go position by position and give your give our picks in each position or do we want to just give just round table 11 names at a time hmm I say we go position by position. All right, cool, cool. Uh, starting off in goal, I think this one is uh, there's a consensus Clear. here. Yeah, Allison. Allison Becker. All right, the cool. Moving on. Beast. Left back. Cancelo. 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 Nice. Two for two. Uh, center backs. Virgil and Matip, for me. I had the same pairing as well. As did I. Yeah, the one one thing about Matip, just to shout, because, you know, people will be in our comments uh, leaving people out, you know, won't mention names, but Matip has been, I think this is his first real season without a major injury. Uh, he has been arguably as good as Virgil this season. Just I think he's been great. Impeccable. Really, yeah. I think your back four 
uh, did a, has done a lot like games where your your forward line faltered, and you know I think your back four did a lot of heavy lifting for you guys this year. Yeah. All things considered, in a, in a lot of different games, um, the bigger games I should say, I think your forwards got it done in the games where you're expected to win. I think your back four kept you in a lot of games. Um, I, I love I those really little those with... little runs Mottet makes just floating. Yeah, oh, I mean, mm-hmm. find another center back um, that does that. Right back, Trent. 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 Cool. Uh, midfield three. Go. Do you want to just? Yeah, do three at a time. Sure. Uh, I've got Rodri, Bernardo, and De Bruyne. Okay. I have I have uh same I have KDB Silva and Fabinho. I but Rodri is a fine shout. Uh for me, I think the two are pretty interchangeable. Rodri scored some really big goals at the end of the season, so I think there's a little bit of like recency. I think Fabinho's had a really good year and you remember that stretch in January, February he scored like eight goals. So uh I think either or. I've been I've been banging my Rodri drum all year. I think he's the best defensive midfielder in the world. I uh, I also had Rodri, Fabinho, and Bernardo Silva. Rocking the you double pivot, Mitch. You yes, got sir. a double pivot back there. Yes, no, De Bruyne sir. is interesting, but I can see why you would you would put Bernardo in just because he's been a mainstay, you know, the entire season. He's he's I think been your most consistent player aside from, like, so yes, De Bruyne had a very slow start to the year, but I think Bernardo is like the next best under the captain in that leading the midfield by example. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's been immense all year. Honorable mentions for the midfield. Declan Rice, Tiago. Yep. Yes. Yep. Tiago had a really good year. I think his uh, results were a little bit skewed, maybe more towards the champions league. Um, but another really good shot. I don't think he was quite as good as Bernardo, but. Forwards. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, front three. I have an interesting one. I, I think do too, I and it doesn't. Re- it's not really like an exact like position by position. I just took the best three attackers. Same. Yeah. I. I. Because there's no striker that really stood out to me this year, despite Ronaldo's 18 goals. Yep. Um. Who wants to go first? I'll go. All right. I, I have Salah, Mane, and Hyunmin Son. Okay, so uh, we have two of the three same. I have Salah, Son, and Jared Bowen. Ooh, that's a cheeky. That's I mean, cheeky entry. 12 goals, 10 assists in a West Ham team that he really is like that dude going forward. Got him into a European place, gets up for the big games. Uh, I rate Jared Bowen very, very highly. I think he had an unbelievable season. I think there's a reason that he got a player of the year nomination, um, you know, in real time. I, I think he's been outstanding. I think any player that hits a double-double, uh, you know, in in the Premier League like that deserves some praise. And I think overall performance-wise, I think he's been, you know, in order. I think Salah, Sun, 1A, 1B for best forward in the league this year. And then you look at Jared Bowen, I think he's been a really convincing second best overall forward across the entire span of the league um my front three i had son mane and salah just from the amount of time that mane spent transitioning into that nine role and how well he did it i thought was was deserving enough of being thrown in that uh that front three over over your over your jared bowen argument 
I mean, that's fine. I, I'm yeah. not going to complain about that. Uh, manager. Klopp. Guardiola. I have Klopp as well. How can the you re- pick the guy that came in second? How can I pick the guy that came in second? I can pick the guy that came in second because we were 14 points behind in January. Three games in hand, though. We were really 14 points behind. Yes, absolutely. You, you three games in hand. You had played three less games. That So, okay. So we win all those. It's still two points. Five. It's five points. Five points. Sorry. Sorry. Math is off. So... It, I, I I don't think the games in hand are relevant in the context of being that far behind in a season with so many questions with City very, by and large, the favorites to win it. Right. Near Boxing Day. To right. Fi- to fight through all of the games and competitions we have. Mm-hmm. But this about, is the Premier League, so but, those don't matter. They do matter when this when you're Premier League. They this do the matter League. in the context of the Premier League. They do matter because you're still picking up injuries. You're still having things happen outside of the Premier League that affect the play within the game. I don't think Klopp can be the manager of the year. I think you, the guy who so wins the, it is for the, the second only... year in a row with okay. no striker, with how many Liverpool players did we all just put in our team of the season? I can't wait. So you have all of these individually out of your brilliant players. You have all of these individually brilliant players. You have eight of the best players in the league individually. Were they, were they regarded? How that? are you were not they, winning the league? Were man? they regarded like that five years ago, four years ago, three years this ago? This is this year. Why are we talking about four years ago? We're talking about this season. Guardiola just won the Premier League with no recognized striker regularly starting with three youth players on the bench because we have the smallest senior squad in the league. And he just beat this Liverpool juggernaut, apparently, with eight of the best players in the league in their starting 11. How is he not the reason we won the league then? What is? I think Pep is... I think it's between Jurgen and Pep for this, just to give my side because my argument's a little bit different. Yes, you haven't talked, Josh. (laughs) <laughs> my argument is a little bit different than Mitch's. Uh, I think you have to look at the gap Klopp made up this year uh, from where Liverpool finished last season. Obviously, aside decimated by injuries, they were always going to get more points. But to take them back to that level um, just in a, a couple months, I think, is really impressive from Klopp. And I also I just kind of applaud his man management this season to be able to make the most of that squad um, and be able to throw people on like Takumi Minamino uh, cost to semi cost and have them make a difference and really want to play for them week in week out when they're not getting consistent game time not that Guardiola doesn't do that the likes of Nathan Ake and those guys um, I just think that's been really impressive from Klopp and a couple of his halftime adjustments this year have been really really good you look at Arsenal away um, some of those really big results where he put people on at halftime completely changed the tactics around were really really impressive games where he really kind of earned his corn um, per se, so that, that's why I take Klopp, but Guardiola is still a fine shout for me. Yeah, won the league. I mean, I think Klopp's a great manager too. Don't get it twisted. I just don't, I don't think if you have all of these great players and you don't win the league, how can you be considered the best manager? I guess is my only like conflicting thought. 
on Klopp being the best. I think if you want to talk about like a get making up a gap and a manager who you know like drugs someone out of the ashes, then why are we not talking about someone like Eddie Howe as manager of the year? Because that's as impressive. This Newcastle side that had won like one game in their first fifteen. Eddie Howe came in and they finished in eleventh. Like Frank Lampard even. Say, saving oh everything. no <laughs> stop that <laughs> stop that eddie howe is eddie howe's fun but that's like a, he's a blank checkbook manager uh eddie howe i think his um his talents will come to the forefront next season i don't think newcastle really rise to the top with eddie howe his recruitment shambles um yeah he doesn't you don't recruit with eddie howe he's a good coach you have him coach the players you get him a good sporting director and Eddie Howe doesn't get to pick who he signs. You just give him people. I, I don't find Eddie Howe's job overly. It was good, but I don't find it at the likes of Klopp and Guardiola. It, when you have a blank checkbook in, in the winter and you can sign a bunch of people, including the likes of Bruno, who's crazy good. It's not really that hard of a job to stay up when you're competing against the likes of Watford and Burnley. But, yeah, on like a, you said, the Pat Guardiola is a fine shout. Burnley got relegated. That's all that matters to me. They're gone. Yes. I'm glad Leeds right. are staying up, too. Good for Jesse Marsh. I agree. Um, all right. Next next up on the list here, we have goal of the season. Um, I had two because I couldn't really pick. Um, so, Bernardo versus Aston Villa the volley at the yep. end of the team move. Um, but I actually think this next goal, this is not a shot at you guys either. I think this next goal was just a little better and uh, I'm a sucker for a volley. Uh, it's Kovacic versus Liverpool. Ooh, that was a nice goal. I think the life. tech on that volley was absurd. And ultimately I think that just pips Bernardo for my goal of the year. Because I think Bernardo's wasn't as clean of a contact. I think Kovacic, like, he just hit that thing so nicely. I ha So, yeah, that was a great goal. I think me and Mitch are going to have the same one here. What do you think? I, uh, I, have, versus City. I have the distinct feeling of that is the direction this yeah. is going. Yeah, two, two players in the world can score that goal, Mo Salah and Lionel Messi. Uh, just that little, like, flick he does with both feet to get by uh, Bernardo Silva and – Oh, that just that ducking and diving just remind gives you shades of Tottenham at home in 2017. Uh, just through through the through yeah. the team that is really the only thorn in our side right now, like the biggest thorn in our side. I shouldn't say the only. Like to be able to do that through that city team was just beautiful, beautiful, perfect execution. Yeah, and there were the scenes and limbs too after that goal were mental. Next one, we'll get into our surprise player of the year. So a player that either surprised you by doing good or bad. Um, who wants to start out this one? I can. Uh, Mitch's is going to be crazy, and I know it. Just the way he's, just the way he's smirking right now. <laughs> Um, my surprise player of the year, I went the bad route, <laughs> uh, and I went with Jorginho. I thought the season that Jorginho had piggybacking off of all of this Ballon d'Or talk and all of this 
high praise. It just it was lackluster, and I know it's we're focusing on the Premier League, but there's definitely more to it. I just I I found that it was as about lackluster as you can get following a, a potential Ballon d'Or campaign. He never should have been on that podium. Let's be <laughs> no, real here. No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. Here. <laughs> but he was, and that's why it shocked. Exactly. Him. Nah, I can. I think that's a good shout. I had Jaden Sancho. Um, and not in the sense that I think Sancho's like a bad player. He didn't have a great season. I think he plays for a team that's kind of a mess. But the player he was, he just isn't the same player that he was in Dortmund. And I think that was the thing that surprised me the most. I, I thought like coming to United and being in that side, like maybe the production would drop a little because he's not going to be on the ball as much because like guys like Fernando or Fernandez want to be on the ball a little bit more. You've got guys like Ronaldo that are going to be demanding a lot of the attention of the ball. But like he just, it, most of the time when I watched Sancho this season, he like struggled to make an impact. And I didn't expect that out of him. Um, so I think that's why uh, Sancho's mind is it, it, he just like didn't I you know expected him to be more like the player he was at Dortmund. That's a good shout. I uh, I have I went the good route. I took James Ward Prowse. Um, Hell yeah, James uh, Ward Beckham. Yeah, well, so th- that's exactly why I took him because when you I feel like last summer the hype really started to build around him, and when you start to get those Beckham labels and everything, it's hard to live up to. Um, and I think he's had a remarkable kind of like, obviously last year, not his freshman year in terms of like, because he's been at Southampton a little while now, but it was like his coming out party and to have like a sophomore year basically where you're, you keep raising the levels of your play, continue scoring goals, continue creating them, has a wonderful foot on set pieces. Don't know how he couldn't be involved in England in the near future. Um you really got to kind of tip your cap to that because um, getting that Beckham label that early in your career at Southampton mm-hmm. is not easy to live up to in a side that really isn't that creative offensively. Uh, definitely was a reason Southampton uh, were as high as they were in the table. I think without him, yeah. they'd be near the bottom. I thought he was really good this year too. That's a really good shout for for surprise player. You want to talk about uh, who we thought was the biggest shit house this year? Yes. Is there even a debate? It's Richarlison, right? It's Richarlison. I'll go Pickford. I, I was I I had my vote for Pickford. Um, just the most punchable face in the Premier League, <laughs> bar none. Um, I just I I think Richarlison does it on a more consistent basis, but Pickford has more eyes on him when he's doing it. Actually. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm changing my pick mid mid game, mid mid awards show. Sorry. I'm the doing a Kanye. I'm getting up on stage, I'm taking the award, and I'm giving it to Wilfred Zaha instead. Wow. Because he knows him. what he's doing. He knows what he's doing though. Like that he's not a shithouse in your in your regular sense where like they're just winding players up and getting under their skin and doing like Diego Costa wiping boogers on him and shit like that. But Zaha knows what he's doing, dude. He knows when he's diving. He knows who he's running at. He knows the players that he can run at, draw a foul from, and get under their skin. Wilfred Zaha is a master at offensive shithousing, if that makes sense. He's so good at winding up the player that he is. 
on the side that he is attacking. And that is why I think I'm going to give my vote to Wilfred Zaha because he is like a master of the reverse dark arts as a winger. And I really respect what he brings to the table uh, for Shithouse FC. That's a good pick. Pickford's hard to disagree with, though. Just that little wink no, he I did agree. against Liverpool. Uh, Sealed it. Yeah. Sealed it. Can't top that. Um, did, you, did you guys get an unsung hero? Or I, are we yes. going to skip that? Yes, we have unsung hero? Cool, cool. Um, so, my unsung hero was Fabian Schaar for Newcastle. Ooh. I like that. I pick. thought he was brilliant in the those games where Newcastle kind of really picked up form uh in their like it, it was like 14 game unbeaten right with the wins and the draws at the end of the season there in those 14 games I believe they kept seven or eight clean sheets which isn't like a ton it's not like you know it's not 14 for 14 but Shar being at the heart of that Newcastle defense being a set piece threat being just like this imposing commanding presence at the back of a Newcastle back line that really did the, did the job to get them out of the relegation zone into like a place of supreme safety and ultimately almost finished you know, on the top half of the Premier League after a really messy end of the season. I don't think Shar got enough praise for how important he was to that Newcastle back four. That's a good show. Mitch. Uh, this could go so many different ways. Could be so many different players, but um, I think, I think I'm gonna go with Cucurella. Honestly, uh, what he did this season was very, very pertinent to the success of his side. Um, and I think he grew as as a player, a, like outside of the game too. Like a lot more eyes were drawn to him, he, his play style, his his grittiness, and I think he he really kind of epitomizes what it means to be just like a really grindy football player. Like I don't care about my size, I don't care about anything. I'm just gonna go out and play. I'm gonna beat the shit out of whoever I'm 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 coming across. And um, I think I think Cucurella was phenomenal this year in that aspect. We have uh, three really good picks here from kind of mid-table sides. I went with Wolves, um, and my player's Jose Sa in, in goal. Yep. Um, very, very good goalie, and he had some of the best uh, statistics in all of Europe's top five leagues in terms of save percentage. I think his save percentage was like 80%, which is nuts. Um, and it's a really hard job to come in and replace Roy uh, Patricio as he went to Roma to come in and kind of maintain that label of wolves having a good defense is a, a hard job. Um, and he did it and was sound all season. I think mm -hmm. saved wolves a lot of points and was, uh, along with, you know, the rest of their defense was a big, big reason wolves, um, were close to kind of those bottom European spots. Um, yeah, no, I can, I can get behind Jose saw too. I think he's great. Um, uh, Final actual football related one. Um, and then we can get into the, the final three, which are a little bit more fun. Uh, match of the season. Uh, I will go last because mine should be pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. Fair. Fair. 
Mitch, do you? Josh, what do you got? I went, I have, I went first. I have uh, Liverpool and City the first time around. The same the, the goal uh, where Salah kind of ran through everyone. I just thought that was a great game. Two heavyweights punching each other in the face for, for 90 minutes. My match of the year was actually City-Tottenham. Um, not to be a shithouse, but I think that match... <laughs> but, like, looking back on, on the story of the season, that match made it possible for... It opened the door for Liverpool to, to, to come back and really make it a dogfight until the final day of the year. And then they, they did the same thing to us. We dropped points to Tottenham, and it actually ends up costing us. So I think for the overall storyline of the year, City losing to Tottenham was was massive. To clarify... Oh, it was an insane game, too. To clarify which uh, Tottenham... Yeah, which loss. Yeah. Which was it the, the oh, first it, game of the it, season? It, 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 no, it was the Kane stunner at the end of the game. I, I just wanted to make sure you didn't uh, pick yeah, the I one knew. with Tanganga yeah, fouling yeah, yeah, every... Yes, sorry, sorry. My bad. Um, My match of the season was uh, Manchester City 3S and Villa 2, last game of the season. Uh, fucking limbs in the Willette household when that Gundogan goal went in. Uh, I get my brother into the sport. He stopped watching the Tottenham game to watch the last 15 minutes of the City game with me. Um, yeah, Chicken Ball FC is represented in the Willette household now. Ben's a Tottenham fan. Loves Hyungman's uh, son. But stopped watching uh, Spurs murder Norwich to watch that game with me. Um, and we both went fucking insane when that goal went in. Uh, it's, you know, felt like another 93-20 with a little less drama because it wasn't the last kick of the game. Uh, thought we were down and out. It's just everything about that game was fucking awesome. And it just epitomized what the season felt like for me. Just an absolute roller coaster. And it, ha- it just has to be my game of the season. Which ones do we have left, boys? I have a, I have kind of one that's not on our list, but I thought of last minute. Like a commemorative moment of the season. Uh, and my pick is Yarmolenko's goal against Aston Villa, right the weekend where Ukraine was invaded by Russia. Yeah. Um, that mm-hmm. That's my moment of the season. So that's like a commemorative pick. Uh, just to add. Mine is in a similar vein. Um, it was that moment after City won the title. And Zinchenko had the trophy in front of all the city fans, and he, he put the trophy down and he wrapped the Ukrainian flag around it, and the whole stadium just like erupted in support of Zinni. Um, you know, similar thing, football coming together for the greater good. And uh, Zinchenko's an absolute fucking warrior. Uh, he's one of my favorite players on the city side. So it was awesome to see our fan base really get behind him like they did the last day of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, pro- I'd probably say Erickson's first goal coming back from from his kind of near-death experience was was pretty special if you're just kind of a neutral football fan just excited for him to to you know right. live through yeah. that come back and and yeah make a name for himself again yeah that was a great moment too that was a, a very a very feel-good moment made me very happy um and like the, the some fun the other, ones the other couple ones like i so i thought of like the take of the year out of everything that we've uttered on this podcast throughout the year, what was your guys? And I'll open this up to to uh, the fans on Instagram. We'll throw a poll up too. Um, what was your favorite take that somebody said this year 
that oh, I'm gonna, panned out or was just absolute dog shit. I'm going to fade the shit out of myself. I said Southampton were going to get relegated at the, <laughs> on the great, first episode. That didn't happen. Oh, what? I'm trying just to find the... Because he was close enough. We're like, I can't. Like, you can't, just can't, you know? <laughs> I had a. I'll take one of my own as well as being a bad one. Um, what? I'm blanking on his first name. I think it's Emmanuel. I said Emmanuel Dennis was one of the best strikers in the Premier League based on his. Hey, yo. <laughs> Talk oh, about someone was... who died off in the second half. <laughs> he was in my team of the season. He was my striker. <laughs> he was your midseason team of the season striker. Yeah. He disappeared. Man. I, didn't, I didn't hear man's name in the second half of the season. <laughs> Uh, I'd I'd pro I'd probably say my take of the year was riding with the the Everton relegation, just be, be, <laughs> being, that till the wheels fell off, being ahead of the curve, and then just like it dying out, and Frank Lampard becoming manager of the season because he saved them just really broke my heart. I liked um, Mitch. I think it was episode three this season bringing up Arsenal as relegation candidates yep. after three games. Yep. I, I liked that one a lot, too. Also, also the biggest Arsenal supporter, like, just when you guys were talking shit about them bottling stuff, I always came to Arsenal's defense, too. So. Yep. After after Peg being like, could they actually get relegated? Could they? Could it happen? <laughs> Do we want to move on to the fun ones, boys? Yeah, let's do some fun yeah. ones. Top lad. We got, we got our, our top lads and our hair dryer or our donuts. Donuts. Of the season. Um I have a great I think I have a great top lad. He's he's in football, but he's not really in football. Uh, my top lad of the season is Peter Drury. Oh, that's a great show. Because for every like his commentary this season, man, just felt unmatched bro there was never a big game i was watching where peter drury was commentating where i was unimpressed with the commentary that man is a legend among premier league commentators and i just this season he just got some of the biggest moments too and again the city city villa is fresh in my mind but his comment gunduan's goal that like speech he gave where he was like out of the ashes he just like you get chills listening to peter drury and i thought he was just the best commentator in world football he's truly a poet so he's my top lad words he's unreal yeah he's my top lad he was incredible i might go go for it josh nope nope i actually have something a similar vein you could call mine top lads i have uh kara neville I thought they've raised the level of punditry. Usually I don't care too much about that, but I always find myself looking up on YouTube after big games to kind of hear their takes on stuff. And I really think they've just brought a kind of a new light to the sport. There's like a banter about them. That's been really fun. I thought Neville's uh, overlap program has been really good too. He does like deep dives with former players and stuff like that. Um, so Kara Damn, just ignoring my dog, Micah Richards. Uh, yeah, I like Micah too, but he, I only watch him with Champions League. Yeah. It's fair. Uh, so my top lad, I would probably have to give to Ivan Tony for his, 
lack of fucks <laughs> self-awareness uh really made a splash in his entrance into the premier league and i just respect the hell out of the fact of how much he just doesn't give a fuck about playing for brentford fc boy, yeah. he, my boy was just getting after it man they said fuck brentford he, just like, he was like he was just vibing brentford. out yeah he was just vibing out in uh in his first year and i uh i commend that Mm. Dubai you is to, you have to commend it. Dubai is basically Vegas for Europe. So yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll switch to the other side here. Donut of the year in in true Gordon Ramsay fashion. You uh, fucking donut. <laughs> clip that sound. <laughs> Tech team, get on that. Uh, Harry Maguire is my donut of the year with just no explanation needed. Just a shambles. So, right fair pat you got a good donut uh my donut's not that good it, it's just more of like a fuck you to one of my least favorite clubs uh i have to like them next season if the rumors are true but this season i don't burnley are finally finally getting relegated <laughs> you're my donut you sack Shice. you sack the man that saved you every single year i don't like him very much either but you sack the guy that that always saved you and look what happened you're getting relegated uh so my uh, my donut is uh, is Paul Tierney. Paul had uh, an impeccable run of trying to take over games this year, and uh, still doesn't have a solid relationship with VAR. So fuck you, Paul. <laughs> That's a great little bit of sound, Mitch. I cannot wait to to put these three on a graphic in like a box of dozen donuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great great commentary for the instagram um oh man he's a fucking uh, my, I, I have another like thrown in award here like the vmas does their vanguard like uh music video like lifetime achievement award um my two kind of a duo lifetime unachievement award goes to retiree referees john moss and mike dean we won't miss you. Yes, we will not miss you. Uh, goodbye. And These good are for rates. you. These are for goodbye, both of you. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. We should have booked like sick. a music act for the end of this to, to cap it off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this it feels a little lackluster, but that's no. uh, we got one episode left in season one, fellas. One more epi. The Champions League final is this weekend. Italy. Liverpool, Real Madrid, Paris, the scenes. It'll either be limbs or no episode. <laughs> I'll do a solo episode if you guys don't come. <laughs> Me and Mitch will go. We might be crying a little bit. You got you got two episodes. You can just freely talk about Liverpool. I'm going to get one episode where I can just talk shit about Liverpool, and you guys don't can't say anything. Don't get COVID. Listen, out of my control. Don't get COVID. <laughs> wear a mask you weren't here when you got covid you made me and josh do an episode yeah and it went fine it, everybody got their their say this is true you and i never got to do an episode together no josh and maybe next that. year no well, yo so we we, even we though... did do an ep we did do an episode together but the, the the house burned down and we lost the recording forever yeah that's true you know mitch and i had a podcast before this one josh and then my house burned down and i lost the recording what was the gave up? title of the podcast uh, I think we called it American Football, but it was F-U-T-B-O-L. Yes. Ooh, I like that. I like uh, yeah, I like a good football. 
it was cool it was cool it was a good time um mitch went on waxed uh i'll never forget it he he had the take that liverpool were going to win the league that year and, and they did and they did I, I he had it on record saying it i was like you're crazy there's no chance they just don't seem that good to me this year and they didn't do anything to improve they did nothing they didn't and they went and did it so that's that's mitch's claim to fame is he's got that um but it's melted find the find the tapes and then you know if, other people can actually if, believe you if we're talking about good takes i went back in our uh, old group chat like my college group chat this year um like bass is in it all those boys and i went back all the way to like 2018 to try to find like my old liverpool takes because i know i had some juicy ones about James. you had Milner. some of the fucking stupidest takes when you started getting big in like like really really big with the fellas you had some fucking outlandish shit but i i had one that was like i wouldn't take any midfielder in the world over james milner uh jesus but i screenshot i screenshotted one and this is the one i want to just mention i said it was right when we signed nabby kaita and i said nabby kaita is the next angolo conte <laughs> bye bye so uh, see ya yikes brother peace yeah. yep I think that, that does tough. it for episode 41, boys. It does. Yeah. You know, it's been a wild ride. We got one more left. Yeah, probably be well, a short we'll episode. Be, we'll, but... we'll be back. We're just taking a little little break. We'll, we got to go take our Ibiza. We got we to gotta go do – we got to – Still plenty of content know, to come, though. Content's going to be coming out all summer. We got some. We got reels. We, we got, got MLS, MLS, MLS games to go to. Um, we'll be active, but we're gonna just take a little breather. It's been a hell of a season. We have played a lot of football matches between the two, two teams. We've played what, like a hundred and fifteen games, yeah, something like that. Crazy. Something insane. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get some. I feel next yeah, well, season we're gonna get some main guests on too. I think we already have some in mind. We're gonna get the the community yeah. involved. Hmm. And of course, we'll try to have the homies back. Yes. Um, first episode of season two will be all in person. We'll all be in the same place. Of course. Yeah. We'll get together to do a live show. Yes. Um, and you know what, Mitchell? Even though Fiorentina didn't make top six, if you all want to get together in vintage Italian sportswear tracksuits and oh, dude, and and then do the thing, let's do it. Dude, if we should, if episode one of season two comes out, I realize I just said that backwards. If if we wear Italian tracksuits, I think we'll go viral. I think it'll be. Uh, Let's, you, we need to do a match day vlog from Gillette wearing our our Kappa tracksuits, dude. Just ripping cigarettes all day. <laughs> just eating, walking around, eating some gabagool. I'm down. I'll I'll sit on video to start off season two. I'll smoke a. Uh, a bunch of American spirits in a full Kappa tracksuit. Turkish delights. Maurizio Sari mask you got in it. hand. <laughs> yeah, you buy me the cigs and I'll smoke them on the episode. <laughs> that does it for episode right, thanks, 41. Everybody. The Deuces. Fan Awards show has been completed. Let us know your thoughts. We're going to throw some stuff up on uh, on Instagram so you can interact what your uh, what your season awards are and uh we'll see you guys next week recapping the ucl and taking our last episode of the season to the fucking moon we'll see you next week guys peace peace